0: CHAPTER FOUR OF A TREATISE OF EARTHLY-MINDEDNESS BY JEREMIAH BURROWS. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. SIX THINGS MAY BE WROUGHT IN A MAN AND YET EARTHLY-MINDED, AND NINE CONVINCEMENTS OF EARTHLY-MINDEDNESS. YOU WILL SAY, BY ALL THESE PARTICULARS YOU HAVE DISCOVERED TO US THERE IS A GREAT DEAL OF EVIL AND DANGER IN EARTHLY-MINDEDNESS, well the lord keep us from earthly mindedness but you will say we hope that we are not those earthly minded men that are here spoken to though we do follow our businesses and callings we must mind what god sets us about but we hope we are not of these earthly minded men that are spoken of here in this scripture now besides what we spake to in the opening what it was that might show, as in the glass, the hearts of men and women. I shall enlarge my meditations on this subject by showing some few convincements, further to convince men and women that there is a great deal of earthly-mindedness in them. And for preparation I will lay down this, first, that a man or woman may be earthly-minded, and yet little think of it themselves, not know that they are so, yea, and it may be even perish eternally through their earthly-mindedness, and not know of it themselves. Six things may be wrought in a man, and yet earthly-minded. 1. A man may have his judgment convinced that there is a vanity in all the things of this world, and yet be an earthly-minded man for all this. Many think they are not earthly-minded. Why? Because they are convinced that all these things are vanity. Come and speak to them about the things of this world, and they will acknowledge there is a vanity in all these things, that they are vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Two, a man may have some kind of contentment in his estate and yet have an earthly mind at the thirty third of genesis ninth verse esau that was one of the earth yet he said he had enough yet certainly one of an earthly spirit and his portion was in the earth how many of you come so far as esau did to say for your estates you have enough oh tis a shame for those that are professors of religion and would seem to be of the seed of jacob and yet they can never say they have enough when, as an Esau can say, he hath enough. I have enough, my brother. 3. Men and women may speak very great words about the vanity of all the things of this world. When you come to discourse, you may, I say, discourse much about them, and yet have a very earthly spirit. 4. A man may be free from getting anything of this world by false ways, by deceit, by injustice, etc., and yet be earthly for all that. 5. Through some predominant lust, some other way, a man may seem to despise some earthly thing, as many men that have a lust of ambition will seem to despise money, that hath a lust to show themselves to be generous, and those that have a lust of sensuality will seem to despise the things of the world. Many a man through one lust will seem as if he would hate the other, though the truth is he doth not hate it as a sin, but for the practice of it his heart is against it not i say from the dislike of it as a sin against god but because it is opposite to some other lust that he hath as your prodigals your young spendthrifts they will speak against covetousness as if they hated that sin whereas the truth is no wicked man hates any sin any further than one sin crosses another so much he may hate it but not as a sin in the thirteenth of isaiah verse seventeen behold saith the text i will stir up the meads against them which shall not regard silver and as for gold they shall not delight in it the medes they were heathen wicked people that had no grace in them at all and yet the text saith they shall not regard silver and for gold they shall not delight in it some men they think it is through the work of grace and because they find that they are above that base covetousness that they see in other men they do not regard silver and gold and to be getting all for themselves and they despise those men that are of such a base covetous way and upon that they think their condition good because they think they are got above that lust but ye see it is no other than that a mead may get a heathen may disregard silver and gold but how it is because his spirit is upon another lust that's the ground of it canst thou say this consider what i am now upon you that seem to scorn covetousness and hate such base sordidness as you see in other men can you say it comes from hence the lord hath made me to see the excellent things of the gospel the treasures of grace that are fountained up in jesus christ the lord hath made me to know what communion with himself in Jesus Christ doth mean, and since that time, I bless God, my heart hath been above all these earthly things, and that's the ground that makes me look upon all these earthly things as vanity, because the Lord hath discovered unto me those excellent and glorious things that are infinitely above these earthly things. Ay, that's somewhat indeed, if you can be above earthliness upon this ground. That's a good argument. Therefore examine upon what ground it is that your spirit is against such things, whether it be upon the sight and experience of better things, then it is right, but certainly men and women may go far in seeming to be above earthly things in respect of the sin of covetousness, and yet still have earthly mind, wherefore to give you convincements, besides things that have been hinted. As how a man doth value himself and value others, is it not because that others, or yourselves, have much of the things of the earth? Can you value a poor man that is godly above the richest man that is wicked? And so can you value yourselves for the least work of grace upon your hearts, to make you more excellent than the greatest comings in of your estates? But these things we have hinted. And then, where lies the chief joy and chief sorrow in men's hearts? What's that, that doth most trouble your hearts? Is it the loss of the light of the face of God, or the loss of an estate, the loss of a voyage, or the commission of a sin? So what's your chief joy, your profiting by the word, or gaining by your bargains? You have come to the word, and there sometimes God hath revealed some truth to you, and you have profited. Can you go away rejoicing, because God hath made you to know his law? The Lord hath darted some truth into my soul this morning. Oh, I go away rejoicing, and having my heart filled with more joy than ever I have had upon any bargain wherein I have got never so much of the world. These be two convincements we hinted not before." 9 CONVINCEMENTS OF EARTHLY-MINDEDNESS 1. For the further convincement of an earthly-minded man, seriously consider this, when a man shall rest upon earthly props, upon worldly helps, for the good that he doth expect. If he can have those things, then his heart seems to be upon the wing, very pleasant, but there's nothing else can revive his heart. It's not a promise that can keep his spirit. Now that, that a man or woman most trusts unto, THAT CERTAINLY THEY MAKE TO BE THEIR GOD, FOR THAT PROPERLY BELONGS TO GOD TO PUT OUR TRUST IN HIM, THEN WE MAKE GOD TO BE OUR GOD WHEN WE row OURSELVES UPON HIM. NOW, TO TRUST IN EARTHLY THINGS, THOUGH IT BE BUT FOR THE COMFORTS OF YOUR LIFE, YOU WILL SAY, I CANNOT TRUST IN EARTHLY THINGS TO BRING ME TO GOD, NAY, BUT TO TRUST IN THEM FOR THE COMFORTS OF YOUR LIFE WHILE YOU ARE HERE IN THIS WORLD. THAT'S AN ARGUMENT OF AN EARTHLY SPIRIT, FOR THE TRUTH IS, THE COMFORT OF MAN'S LIFE CONSISTS NOT IN ANY EARTHLY THING HE DOTH ENJOY objection you will say do not these comfort our lives answer yes so far as god is pleased to let out himself through them but if thy heart doth rest upon these for comfort and dost not look higher than these for comfort even for thy outward support certainly thou hast an earthly heart and so when thou art about any business thou hast some earthly means to further thee objection you will say god would have us take all outward means to help us answer Aye, but not to trust in anything if riches increase set not your hearts upon them so if friends increase set not your hearts upon them but trust in the living god let it be the living god that you rest on even for all outward things in this world two a second convincement is this when men make most provision for the things of this world both for themselves and for their children are not these your thoughts i do not know what i may want hereafter And I see many that have lived finely, when they have been young, yet afterwards they have lived very miserably, and therefore I must make provision for after-times, thus for the earth. But now do you reason thus for the things of heaven? Do not I see many that have made a great blaze of religion, and yet afterwards they have come to nothing, they have gone out in a snuff as men that God hath forsaken, and they have died in horror of conscience, and therefore let me lay up provision now against an evil time that I may not miscarry in the matters of my soul, so as others have done. This were a sign your minds were not earthly. And for your children, God hath sent you children, and, oh, how you toil and labour, and your thoughts run in the night, and as soon as you awake in the morning, about what you shall get for their portions and for an estate for them. Now I appeal to your conscience before God, the searcher of all hearts. Have your cares been to provide in a suitable way for their souls, for their spiritual and eternal estates? No question, but it's lawful for parents to provide in a providential way for their children. And they that do not are worse than infidels. But what is your chief provision for? Are your thoughts more solicitous to provide portions for them, than that they should have instruction in the fear of God, and interest in Christ, than that they should have grace wrought in their hearts? You are loath to die before you can bring your estate so clear as you may leave it to your children oh are you not loath to die before such time as you see some work of grace wrought in the hearts of your children oh these would your thoughts be if you were spiritual oh could i discern but some seeds of grace sown before i was dissolved i could rejoice abundantly as it is repeated of augustine's mother that the great thing that she desired to live for was to see her son converted and god did grant her desire and then she found herself willing to die there's nothing will make the spiritual heart of a father or mother more willing to depart from this world than to find grace wrought in their children. Oh, that I may see before I die my child left under the promise in covenant with God. I this were somewhat like indeed. But those whose cares and thoughts are most for these earthly things in providing for themselves and children, that's a convincement that their hearts are earthly. 3 a third convincement which is very notable and i beseech you all to lay this to heart and consider seriously of it for this evil of earthly mindedness is a very secret and close sin therefore i am the larger in this point the convincement is this that man that can be content with a slight assurance in the matters of heaven but for the matters of earth he never thinks himself sure enough but is very careful to make all things so infallible as there can be no way that he can be deceived in but he may surely build upon what he hath in the things of this earth. This is an argument of an earthly mind. Come to men that are earthly, and discourse with them concerning matters that concern their souls. What assurance have you that you are gone beyond any formal professor, that you are better than the stony or thorny grounds that we read of in Scripture? What evidence have you that the saving work of grace is wrought in you, that you have shot the gulf, that you are translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and that your sins are pardoned and your souls justified, that you are at peace with God, what evidences have you of peace made between God and your souls? The answer would be given, I hope I am converted, I trust in God's mercy, sure I have grace, I shall be saved, God is merciful. But what evidences can you show? They know not scarce what belongs to that, nay, you shall have many of them because they know not what assurance means, therefore they will think nobody can be assured. We may hope well, but we cannot come to be assured of it. No, a heart that is truly gracious and godly would be loath, that should be true for a thousand worlds. They would not lose their parts in the blessing of that, if God would make them kings or queens of the earth. But thou hast an earthly, drossy heart, and dost not much look after assurance for matters of thy soul and eternal estate. Thou wilt venture these matters, and put them upon a peradventure but when it comes to the matters of the earth, there thou wilt make all sure, and go from this lawyer to another lawyer to ask counsel, and to see whether the things are good and will enroll them, and if there can be anything done to make more sure, if it be any great sum upon which your estate lies, you will do it. I appeal to you, if you could but hear of any of your neighbours what they had done to make such a thing more certain than you would have done, you would scarce be at rest, till you had done so as they have done. Is it so in matters of your eternal estate? Do not you hear of many saints of God that walk comfortably in the midst of all afflictions upon the assurance of God's love? You shall have some will be able to say, I, and it's this scripture I build upon, and through God's mercy such and such hath the work of God been upon my soul in revealing myself to me, and such a promise I have sucked abundance of honey from, but now generally come to people upon their sick beds. All that they say is this, they hope in God's mercy, but for the ground of their hope for showing how God hath been pleased to bring their hearts and the word together, and what real effects there hath been upon their spirits by the word, that they can show nothing of. Thou hast not, therefore, got that assurance for thy soul and eternal estate as others have got, and yet thou canst go on quietly. Oh, it concerns thee that art so busy in making all sure for thy outward estate to spend more thoughts and care in the matters of thy soul and eternal estate than ever thou hast done he is an earthly-minded man that can be contented with slight assurance for the matters of his soul and satisfied with no kind of assurance in the matters of the world but would fain make those things more and more sure continually for further an earthly-minded man may be convinced of his earthliness in this he is content with a little degree of sanctification but for matters of the world still he would fain have more and more he looks at those that are the most eminent that are in his rank and he would fain get up as high as they in the things of this life but in matters of religion he looks at the lowest christians and is content to be as low as they take an earthly minded man that is of such a trade if there be any of his profession or calling that had as little to begin as he and thrive better he would fain get up as high as he and is troubled that he is not so rich as he is thus it is in the world but now take them in matters of god there's such men that began since you began and had as little means for the good of their souls as you had they are thriven and got beyond you abundantly in the matters of god and doth this trouble you and are your thoughts solicitous about this oh that i could attain to that degree of grace as such a one hath got such an one hath a spiritual mind and full of the joy of the holy ghost and full of faith he is able to depend upon god in the want of all outward comforts and certainly enjoys much communion with God, but I am far beneath such and such. Do these thoughts trouble you? It is ordinary for earthly spirits, if they look but at any one that makes profession of religion that is low in his profession, I did as such a one doth, and I have as much as they have, and that satisfies them. They look upon the meanest Christians, and are satisfied that they are like them. But for the matters of the world, they look upon the highest, and are not satisfied, except they come and attain to what they attain to, and that's a fourth evidence." 5. Then a fifth is this. Earthly-minded men are very wise in matters of the world, but in matters that are spiritual, there they are very weak and simple. You shall have many men, which I have wondered at sometimes to see, that in matters concerning religion, there they are very ignorant. If they do but speak in points of saving knowledge, they speak like children, so that one would wonder where their understandings were. Now turn such men to the matters of the world. Oh, how wise are they in their generation! Oh, how subtle and crafty are they! They can see an objection there, and know how to answer it. They can discern anything that will let them in their profit, many miles off, and can prevent whereas others cannot. And now in those things that hinder their souls, they cannot foresee things there. They are wise in their generation, and they have memories for the matters of the world. They can understand things, and remember things, and they can meditate there, but put them to meditate on a point of religion they are presently at a stand let me appeal to you do not your consciences tell you that in the matter of the world when you are walking from hence to london you can run in your thoughts upon one business all the way that you walk you can plot this and contrive the other way and foresee this and the other objection and answer it thus in your own thoughts but i do but put this to you when you walk over the fields settle but upon one meditation concerning christ and see whether you are able to draw out that meditation the while you walk over one field whereas you can spin out an earthly meditation if it were diverse miles when you awake in the night season presently your thoughts are upon the things of the world and you can draw them out and work their understanding but now in the things of god oh how barren and simple and weak are you there there's scarce any one can overreach you in the things of the world but in the matters of religion You are overreached presently, every slight temptation overcomes you there. 6. And besides, you may know it by the discourse and words of men. 1 John 4 5. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Their breath is earthly. Oh, it's an ill sign that you used to say of your friends sometimes when you come to their bedside. Oh, I am afraid they will die, their breath smells so earthly, it's a symptom of the death of the body so your hearts do smell so earthly and it were somewhat tolerable if it were on other days when your callings require it to discourse of business but even that time that god hath set apart for himself you are sometimes discoursing in your own thoughts concerning the business of the world when you are praying and hearing whereas the communication and discourses of men should relish of what they have heard out of the world not presently to go and talk about some earthly exchange occurrences and so lose all Oh, it's this that hath lost so many precious truths. It may be, when you have been hearing, God hath darted in some beam of gospel light into your souls, and you have lost it before you have got home, and so have come to lose the impression of the truth that you have heard. Oh, what a seemly thing were it in those that come to hear the word when they depart, that there should be no discourse but tending that way. Oh, how often are you in company and never leave anything to refresh one another's spirits or to further one another in the way of eternal life. Though God gives you allowance to speak about your business, yet still, if you be spiritual and heavenly, he would have you to have something about heaven or eternal life before you depart. 7. A further convincement is this, when spiritual things must give way to earthliness upon every little business. Prayer must pay for it if I have any business, I will take it out of the time of prayer, or converse in the word the less, or hear the less, when, as I say, that earthly things are so high as spiritual things must give way, heaven must stand by, as it were, till earth be served. This is an evil sign of an earthly spirit, whereas, were the spirit heavenly, the very first thing that thou wouldst do, when thou awakest in the morning, or arisest, should be to season thy heart with something that were spiritual, in Psalm 139:17, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Oh, that were an argument of a spiritual mind, that upon the awaking, presently, to be with God. When I awake, I am still with thee, but now I appeal to you, who are you withal when you awake? Can you say, Lord, when I awake, I am still with thee? I find an inclination in my spirit to be upon the matters of heaven, and when I am up I had rather my worldly business should give way than spiritual duties. 8. When a man or woman cares not much how it is with the church, with the kingdom of Jesus Christ, so it be well with them in the matters of the world. When, as there are things stirring abroad in the world, for we live in stirring times, wherein God is shaking the heavens and the earth, now he doth not much inquire, How things are in respect of the privileges of the saints, the ark of the church, so his cabin be safe. Truly there need not other thing but the examining of your hearts, how they have been these last years of Jacob's troubles. We find Eli, in the time of war, he sat trembling because the ark of God. He did not sit trembling because that if the Philistines should prevail, he should be put out of his place and his estate taken away. No, but because of the ark of God. That was an argument of the spiritualness of Eli's mind and so it may be an argument of very great comfort to you in these dangerous times if our consciences tell us this that god that knows all things knows that the great thing my heart was solicitous about in these evil days it was what shall become of thy great name lord what shall become of religion what shall become of thy gospel lord these were the things that took up my heart not so much what should become of my estate and outward accommodations and relations in this world oh examine your hearts in this whether the care of your spirits be more for the furtherance of the kingdom of jesus christ or for the furtherance of your estates but for that man or woman that is most solicitous about business that concerns their outward estates and do not much care how religion goes how the way of the kingdom of christ is maintained god at this time doth speak to that soul thou art an earthly minded man or woman and therefore take heed lest what hath been spoken concerning the great evil that there is in earthly mindedness lest it befalls thee, and especially the last of all, whose end is destruction, who art drowned in perdition, lest hereafter this be the thing that thou shalt lie crying out of, and cursing thyself for, Oh, I had a base and earthly heart, and sought the things of the earth, and made my portion there, and in the meantime the blessed God hath been forsaken, and I have lost my portion in the holy land, for I had my portion in Egypt among the Egyptians, according as I did choose to myself. 9 that the more spiritual any truth is that is revealed, the less doth it take with his heart. Some truths of religion, perhaps, he is moved with, but these are as bywords to him. He minds them not at all. The more spiritual an ordinance is that is delivered, the less is his spirit moved with it. If, indeed, he comes to the word, and there be mingled some earthly natural excellency, for so I may call it, as natural parts, wisdom, wit, and eloquence, and learning, that he is moved withal, it may be some fine story is more pleasing to him than the goodly pearls of truth that are revealed in the word as now such truths as these the enjoyment of communion with god the longing after jesus christ's coming the living by faith upon a bare promise the excellency that there is in suffering for jesus christ these truths now are spiritual the mortifying of the inward lusts self-denial these things are little savoured by an earthly minded man tell him of the privileges of the saints the mysteries of the gospel anything that is spiritual, it is but as a notion to him. As tis with men that are upon the earth, they look up to heaven and see the things of heaven but little. Why is it that the stars seem so small to us here, but because we are upon the earth, the earth seems a vast body to us, but the stars seem but little to us, though they are far bigger than the earth? Were we in heaven, then the heavenly bodies would seem vast to us, and the earthly bodies would scarce be discerned by us. Were men's hearts heavenly, all the things of the earth would seem little to them but because they are earthly therefore the things of heaven and spiritual mysteries are very small in their eyes chapter four